Well, hello there. So today I'm going to address a topic that it seems like I'm a little bit late to the party on, uh, but I probably have also said some of this stuff before on this podcast. So the main question is what can, you know, Democrats and progressives do to win in more conservative states? And that question is a bit misleading because let's face it, all states have, you know, these conservative elements in them. So it's, it's, it's definitely somewhat of a misleading question. But anyway, let's proceed. So I think they could offer progressive candidates, not these sellout corporate-ass so-called moderate candidates, but actual progressive candidates running for statewide office, some more campaign cash and staffing. And I think that would assure a more direct benefit to the American people or at least it could. I think they could also throw more resources into state legislative races, which ought to be an easy decision. In previous recent elections, Democrats could have made bigger gains in state houses, but in a lot of cases they didn't, because in my opinion, they've held back on proper campaigning and on delivering more material benefits to voters over the years. So when the Republican saw when the Republicans saw an opportunity, they responded by recruiting and training candidate after candidate for the legislative races. And they might be absolute nutcase candidates, but candidates nonetheless. This is what Politico said in November of 2020, quote, an abysmal showing by Democrats in state legislative races on Tuesday not only denied them victories in Sunbelt and Rust Belt states that would have positioned them to advance their policy agenda, it also put the party at a disadvantage ahead of the redistricting that will determine the balance of power for the next decade. The results could domino through politics in America, helping the GOP drop favorable congressional and state legislative maps, by ensuring Democrats remain the minority party in key state legislatures. Ultimately, it could mean more Republicans in Washington and in state capitals. So um, it, the political article continues. It says, well, uh, it quotes somebody named Christina Polisi, a spokesperson for the Democratic Legislative Campaign Committee, she apparently said it's clear that Trump isn't an anchor for the Republican legislative candidates. He's a buoy. He overperformed media expectations, Democratic and Republican expectations, and lifted legislative candidates with him. So obviously, it's a, it's, it's a little bit complicated because not all of Trump's candidates are doing well. And of course, Trump is himself in the hot seat. But let's not forget what happened in 2016. The Democrats, including, of course, Hillary Clinton, were overly confident. And, you know, that had some repercussions as, as far as the uh, campaigning goes. They just assumed that, you know, Hillary would come out on top. So the, you know, the National Party might say they don't have the staff or the money, but they could, as far as I can tell, get more PAC money and inspire more voter turnout. 
by progressives by growing a goddamn spine and saying no to corporate greed just a little bit more and actually saying more to the helping, you know, ordinary citizens. That's the annoying thing about these mainstream candidates. You can still be career politicians and probably make a halfway decent living without all that corporate cash, but they just they just don't want to do that. They're in it to win it as far as like making money goes. You know, Nancy Pelosi, obviously, she recently has taken, I guess you might say, a bold stand against uh, making money and, or I mean, against steps to restrict, um, you know, corporate investments while being in, in leadership positions. You know, basically, if you're, if you're in a position of power in the, the United States, you can be corrupt and, uh, you know, take money from these uh, corporate entities. So Dems talk about the need to come together as a party, but then they all too often come together against the progressive candidates. And maybe not 99.9% .9 of the time, but definitely far too often. And, you know, obviously there can be debate about how often it is, but just way too often. And that's definitely part of the problem. Even when the progressive is obviously the superior candidate with more clear, we more clear ways to differentiate themselves from the Republicans, the Dems will quite often side with the corporate candidate because our system is corrupt. You know, for lack of a better word, that's what it is. They will say, you need, you need them to show up and support these candidates while not making obvious enough in enough ways that the candidates will be supporting you if you show up to support them. So I think better messaging is needed and, of course, better results. So supporting progressive Democrats uh, and state and local candidates, as well as local and state campaigns, could go a long way toward mitigating that problem. I also think the decline of democracy is all but totally imminent, you know, because the Democrats have dragged their feet over the years when it comes to real change and simply have suppressed their own turnout by behaving just way too much like Republicans. So it makes it so people like myself are less likely to show up, you know, to support them. And if you want evidence of this, look at all the wars they've supported over the years, including the drug war. You know, plenty of Democrats actually at least initially supported the Iraq war, and then they started, you know, to kind of act like they never did. Then you had the militarization of police over the years, mass incarceration, and Dems like Hillary and Obama even dragged their feet regarding slam dunk liberal issues like marriage equality. And they only said they are for it when it finally seemed safe for them politically to do so. So I think their spinelessness has really cost them over the years. You know, they it, in the name of being caution or cautious, they have uh, basically lost voters, and it's 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 had consequences. And for more recent evidence, look no further than Nancy Pelosi backing the anti-abortion candidate Henry Cuellar and Texas over the pro-choice Jessica Cisneros at a time when Roe versus Wade was repealed and actually gave progressive voters a more urgent cause 
to show up and vote for. However, due to Pelosi's endorsement, uh, Cuellar won in that primary, most certainly because he was also the more corporate candidate. So, you know, that's Nancy Pelosi for you. That's her showing her true colors. And the Democratic National Committee, or the DNC, could provide volunteers in a number of ways, including by fielding candidates for office and support their efforts with data analytics and organizing guidance. And they are doing those things to an extent, but I don't think they're really geniuses at it exactly. However, Democrats will instead spend a lot more time, I think, criticizing voters like me if I note things like Hillary Clinton uh, running an almost invisible campaign in the state of Michigan in 2016, you know, she barely made her presence known there. And that helped Trump win with those extra 16 electoral college votes. And no doubt similar failures could be noted elsewhere in, or in her campaign. I'm really only bringing Michigan up because that's my state, um, but I'm sure it happened elsewhere too. That's not just me bashing Hillary, by the way. It's more simply about stating a basic fact about what happened in my state. It's embarrassing that it went to Donald Trump, but that actually was not just Donald Trump's fault. In fact, you know, objectively, it's more to his credit that he led a better campaign over here. You know, if you want to put the policy aside and just look at, you know, the whole campaigning dynamics, well... He did a better job of it. Similarly, it was definitely risky for Democrats to give the to give the primary to Joe Biden in the 2020 election. And frankly, he really only managed to win because he was not Donald Trump. Because obviously plenty of voters were actually sick of him by the time 2020 rolled into town. To be fair, Biden has not been as bad as I personally thought he would be. And I think that with the abortion issue motivating liberal and progressive turnout and a few actual key policy wins, the Democrats will probably see a consolidation and an increased number of Democratic victories, however slight, at least in the Senate, which will lead Republicans to ask the same old questions of themselves. Can you gerrymander your way into power? And that'll be one of their leading uh, methods in the future as it has been in the past. And, you know, campaign ads can still say so-and-so is a leader, a patriot, and a humanitarian, and all that kind of corny shit. But Democrats also need to get more progressive and spell out more key policy aims and improve messaging on how they will improve people's lives. If more energy isn't directed at this... I think democracy will no doubt go bye-bye, and we will be left suffering under a neo-fascistic, theocratic kleptocracy for the foreseeable future, as the Republicans are actually making very clear that is their aim increasingly. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Those, those are my words of advice for you know what the Democrats could do in the near future. And... Uh, Hopefully they'll do some of these things because I don't think this is bad advice. I think it is good. So, all right. Have a nice day.